Well, good morning, church. Just take a moment and just savor this moment. This is how it should be together as God's people, opening up our hearts, opening up the word of God together on this new year. God is good, amen? We serve a good God. This morning, we're going to look at many blessings, many promises in the word of God, but there's one blessing or one promise that I want to kind of just settle our hearts on before. This won't be our scripture of the day. It's just a promise, a good promise for us to, to kind of settle in as we look at, look at our topic today. Our topic will be on decisions. But in Isaiah 43, there's this beautiful promise, something I refer to often. I love this. I love this, how it's written to us. It says, the title of it in Isaiah 43 is Israel's only savior. I feel that it's fitting on this brand new year. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, hear not, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Think about that this morning. If you are in the Lord, you are his. Verse 2 says, when you pass through the waters, He will be with you. I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, it will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. As we begin a new year, we're going to be talking about decisions and how we can make good decisions that honor God or we can make bad decisions that move us away from God. And as we get ready for another year, I just want to bring some counsel from God's word. I want to start it like this. Did you know that the average person, so the average me and you, has about 48.6 thoughts per minute? According to the Laboratory of Neuroimaging at the University of Southern California, that adds up to us thinking, having thoughts, about 70,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot of thoughts, eh? According to US Today, the average person out of those 70,000 thoughts makes about 35,000 decisions a day. From small choices we don't even realize we're making to more substantial ones like what to eat and what to wear. We are constantly making selections in our brain. New research added August of 2021, commissioned by the psychology app Noom. Have you heard of this app, this Noom app? It helps you to think a little bit differently about what you're eating, helping you lose weight. They found that adults make an average of 122 informed decisions or informed choices every day. But that doesn't mean that the decision that you make is actually final. Out of Out of the numbers, a staggering 87% that were polled admitted to changing their mind. So out of 2,000 adults surveyed, numbers found that we spend about three hours a day deciding on what to eat, what time to go to bed, what to wear, and where to shop. And deciding what to eat and what to watch on Netflix was found to be the most difficult decision, both tied at 37%. How many of you have scrolled through Netflix just this week, figuring out what to, what to watch? So that was tied at 30, 37%, what to eat and what to watch, followed closely by what to wear, 29%, indecis, 
indecisive on what to wear. You put, on a, you put something on, then you take it off, and then you put something else on, and you take it off, and then you, you're on your ninth outfit just to get to church, and your husband's in the car. <laughs> he wore the same jeans the whole week. <laughs> and then deciding what to buy new at 27%, but buying something new at 27%. Based on the polling, it says that we also change our mind twice per decision. So every time we have this thought and we're thinking, okay, we're going to make a decision, we change our mind twice. And then 11% of those numbers are even more indecisive and have confessed to changing their minds at least five or more times to make a final decision. Decisions can be hard. And even when we've made them, sometimes they can be hard to follow through on. And some decisions provide great benefit and some decisions can cause great pain. And as we gathered this morning on this first day of the new year, I wanted to take some time to help us think about decisions. More importantly, I wanted us, us to consider how the decisions you make today are affecting how you worship tomorrow. So the title of this sermon is Tomorrow Me. Choosing to obey Jesus today will help me to honor Jesus tomorrow. So it all goes back to one day driving in my truck. You might know that I bought a truck a couple years ago. I went from a van to a truck, and it was a huge upgrade for me in my life. And it didn't take long from getting a truck till I got the satellite radio, and then from satellite radio, now I'm a country fan. So, yeah, praise, praise Jesus for that, I guess. Our friends in Nashville would say yes. But one day after church, I remember uh, I usually go and get groceries and stuff after church and kind of get my, my week set up. Um, so I was driving in the church and I was, Sally Ray was on and a song came on by Luke Combs. And the song was Tomorrow Me. And the premise of this song was, uh, it is really fitting and I really want to make a decision right now. But I know if I make this decision right now, it's not a good decision. It's going to affect Tomorrow Me. And I'm going to try and make the right decision today in the moment. And I, as soon as I heard that, I, I, as soon as I pulled into the parking lot, I'm like, that's a sermon. <laughs> so I, I, I started to write and think. And then a week later, Pastor Rick was like, hey, do you want to do a New Year's sermon? I said, can I do this topic? He says, oh, if you could preach it, you'll be the test. <laughs> so I believe together we can look at the topic of tomorrow me and build a framework to help us make good decisions that obey Christ today and that it will help us to honor God tomorrow. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to grab our Bibles and we're going to turn to Philippians 1, 27 and 28. We're just going to look at two verses this morning. Paul's going to help us out today with his teaching. So let's pray and we'll turn there. Father, we love you and we just thank you for this time. Thank you for the rich moments we had worshiping you, singing the truth about your grace and your mercy and your salvation. Just in that last song at the beginning, there was that one line I just saw on the screen, we are on safe ground, the Lord is our salvation. And I think about that, Lord, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And even though we're starting a brand new year, we're with a good God who sees all, who is with us through all. And God, we need your help this morning. We pray that you would open up our hearts, that you would help come and meet with us, and you would give us a right mindset for this new year as we honor you with the things that we do. God, we know that your spirit is heavy with us. We love you and we look forward to what you're gonna do in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're in the book of Philippians, two verses this morning, chapter one, verses 27 and 28. This is really, really rich stuff that we're gonna look at here today. 
And Paul says this, whatever happens, two amazing words, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whenever I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. Two problems facing the Philippian church and two problems facing Christ's Christ's gospel-centered church like Calvary today. The first thing that we are facing is opposition. We are facing opposition when it comes to our decisions. If you look at verse 28, it says, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose us. Like our brothers in the past, we live in a culture that glorifies and worships self. And it actually opposes anyone who challenges the throne of self-worship. That would certainly include those who reject self-worship and worship King Jesus, like us. Paul is encouraging believers in his writing to the church that we will face opposition because of the decisions that we are making. Many people today, they don't like conflict. We run from it. We hide from it. We'll do whatever we can to make sure that things aren't tense. It makes us anxious when it shows up. And therefore, some of us may compromise in making decisions that pertain to obeying God in today's culture. When you make a Christ-centered decision, you will be opposed. Making a wrong decision today to avoid conflict or to appease others or even to gratify, gratify fleshy desires may set up tomorrow me to fail honoring King Jesus. Now, Paul, when we look at his writings, he is not saying that we need to to fight against people who are opposing us. To start a rebellion, he's not saying that it is even our job to make culture fall in line with our values. But he is encouraging us from the scriptures not to be frightened by people who will oppose you or even oppress you. It is important for us to know and understand that we obey Christ in all things. Right, church? We disobey, when we obey Christ and Christ's agenda, we actually disobey the agenda that falls under the Antichrist, which has been picked up by society and culture. Sometimes without us even knowing it, when we run from conflict or we make a decision that doesn't honor Christ, we actually are aligning ourselves with an Antichrist agenda. When we give into the pressure to disobey Christ, Today, it actually sets up a pattern to disobey Christ tomorrow, and then the next day, and then before you know it, your convictions have shifted, and you can easily justify your emotions, your actions, and even your beliefs. Through counseling over the last couple years, I've noticed this. I've noticed that when people want to gratify their flesh and they begin to justify it, they go to the culture and they ask the culture to defend them. But choosing to obey Jesus today will actually help you honor Jesus tomorrow. A real true believer who has the spirit, who's been saved, who's been called out of darkness, they feel conviction. Denying Christ today affects honoring God tomorrow in our worship. Tomorrow me will feel guilty. I'll feel shameful. I'll even feel convicted. And tomorrow me will have to come to a crossroads. 
Tomorrow me will either confess my sins and repent, turn from that action, thanking God for his amazing grace and mercy and forgiveness, and then honoring God through worship. Or tomorrow me will push the Holy Spirit's conviction down. We will ignore him. We'll look for ways to run away from the Spirit's prompting. And the Spirit can be, can be very heavy in our lives when we are in sin. And what happens is that guilt builds and the shame increases. And then we look to culture to defend our actions. Instead of going to Christ, we go to social media, to a culture that glorifies self. And they will defend your decision every time. You can just step back and they will jump up and they will defend you. And before you know it, you'll be far from Christ. 100% guarantee, I'm laying it on the line for you today, 100% guarantee in the year 2023, you will be tempted to either honor yourself over honoring Christ. And when you make the decision to obey Christ, some people won't like that. Some people in your family won't like that. Some people in your workplace might not like that. People will oppose us. Verse 28 says, we are facing opposition without being frightened, though, in any way by those who oppose us. The second thing or the second problem that we see from the scriptures is problem number two, that is that we are facing uncertainty. Paul begins verse 27 with whatever happens. He begins the teaching with these two important words. What are ha- the phrase, whatever happens, is an admission that we don't know exactly what is going to happen to us from day to day. The Apostle Paul did not know what was going to happen to him or to the Philippian church on this earth. His only concern at the time, this is something I hope that we as a church grow into, but his only concern was to live for Christ as long as he had lived. 365 days in the next calendar year will be filled with uncertainty. Yes, we do have patterns. Yes, we do have things that we do habitually, but there is an, we are also facing an uncertainty. We do not know what will unfold. What will our government do? What will our marriages look like over the next year? How will our children act over the next 20, 12 months? There is, cert, there is a certainty that will take place in this next year. Things will happen. But Paul says, and Paul shares, and he's encouraging the church, and I want to encourage us today, whatever happens, we as the body of Christ called out of darkness into marvelous light, who has King Jesus on the throne as our Savior, we have one responsibility. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of Christ. Whatever unfolds over the next few months or the next 12 months, we have one responsibility that we can control. Whatever happens, we conduct ourselves in a manner that is worthy of Christ. When you actually look at those words, conduct conduct yourselves, in the Greek, they're actually one word put together, and it's a political word. The word in the Greek is politiusia, politiusia. They. Jordan and I spent a long time trying to pronounce this. He can do it better than I. I was going to call him up, but he's not coming up today. But this is a political word, and the actual word, in the, that's where we get the, the English word for politics or political. And it actually has everything to do with our citizenship. So when Paul uses this word, when you actually read the verse, it actually reads, whatever happens, as a, as a citizen of heaven, live your life worthy of of the gospel of Christ. 
Whatever happens this year, as a citizen of heaven, we got to live our lives worthy of the gospel of Christ. Paul is setting us up as believers to have a framework for making decisions that will lead to obeying Christ over the next 12 months. Today, me needs to remember when making decisions, number one, as we see from the political word, that this is not our home. Yes, we may have a home in a city that is around here, and we may set up our patterns through that home, but this is really not our home. We need to remember that every day, that there is another place that is being prepared for us. Jesus said, I am going to prepare a place for you, and I will come back and get you so that you can be with me in that place. Whatever happens, we need to make decisions that are in obedience to the king who rules the home that we are from. And some of us have forgotten this, including myself, that pleasing King Jesus is what matters most. 48.6 thoughts per minute, 70,000 thoughts per day, 35,000 decisions, 122 informed choices. Remember, those in Christ, this is not our home. And we, make, we need to make decisions that honor King Jesus. And when we see in the scriptures, Paul is telling the citizens of Philippi, those who were very conscious of their status as citizens of Rome, and they were super proud of it. They loved being a Roman citizen. He was telling them, he was encouraging them, he was, he was actually sharing with them that they need to govern their lives according to the gospel rather than society's requir requirements for being a good citizen. We actually have to change our mindset when we look at the next year, that this is not our home. God has prepared a home for us, God has given us everything that we need now, and we need to honor Christ Jesus. Although the temptation may be strong to compromise when we are faced with those who are opposing us, the first consideration should be loyalty to the standards of God's commonwealth as they are summarized in the gospel. When we remember today that this is not our home, tomorrow me stands with clean hands and is able to worship knowing that we've made a decision that honors Christ. That's the first thing. This is not our home. As we look at the scriptures, the second thing that Paul shares with us is that we need to stand firm. Stand firm, what does that mean? If the Philippians are to do this, and if we are to do this, we need to stand firm in our convictions and our beliefs. Church, we need to know the word of God. As we learn the word of God, we need to make changes in our lives so that our thoughts and our actions fall in line with the will of God. This is how we make decisions over the next year. If you come to church on a Sunday morning and you learn something new about a law or an action or a practice that either honors God or dishonors God, you need to change your action your pattern, or your thought so that you're in line with the, what the Word of God says. That is our responsibility. God doesn't change. The Scriptures don't change. doesn't matter your circumstances or what is going on in your life. If you learn a law or an action or a practice that is different and you're not honoring God, we change, not the Word of God. And sometimes we can get in the habit of coming in and listening to great information. And that's what we perceive it as. This is good information to live by. Instead of truth that will guide us 
we change. Our authority to actually stand firm is actually sourced in the word of God. Our standing firm is not refusing to change. Our standing firm is us grasping onto the ultimate authority over all matters. And that is the holy word of God. Which means for us to be able to stand firm, we need to know what the word of God says. And we need to create a practice in our life to honor God with our decision making. The word of God alone gives us the ability to stand. Therefore, every thought and every decision, every move needs to go through the grid of what does God's word say. When I was younger, I remember going to church with Laura and they gave us little bracelets at church. WWJD, what would Jesus do? I remember I, had, I collected them. I think I had like every color of the rainbow on my wrist. I don't think I listened to what Jesus did back then. But if there was a new one, I would say, what does God's word say? That's what I'd be thinking about. That's what I'd be looking at at my wrist. What does God's word say when I have to make this decision for my workplace, for my family? What does God's word say? Once we know what God's word says, then we obey it. Scripture trumps all. Save believers who have received God's great grace and they understand the power of this grace have the ability to stand firm in this present age. Titus 2.11 actually talks about that. It's an encouraging verse and it's encouraging to my heart, maybe to yours today. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord and you have not submitted your life to him and you're hearing this, Titus says that the The grace of God has appeared, and and he offers salvation to all people, to you here today. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And it says to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. In my Bible, that's highlighted. In my sermon, it's bolded. In this present age, God's word is applicable. It's ready. It's active. It's sharp. It's what we base our life on. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our God and Savior, who is Jesus Christ, who gave himself up to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, that are eager to do good. This next year, we have everything that we need to stand firm in this present age, ready as the church to do what is good. Titus continues in 15, 215 saying these are the things that we should teach that we should stand firm encouraging and rebuking with all authority and it says in the very end of this passage do not let anyone despise you see paul is challenging the believers to stand firm and to contend for the gospel the third thing that we see from the scriptures as we are tracing through or as we're walking through this, that Paul challenges the church and he is challenging us today when we are making decisions is that we need to do these, to make these decisions in one spirit as one man. Well, when we look at the scriptures, the one man is literally translated here is in one soul, heart and mind. I talked about that two weeks ago, the heart and mind. This is amazing. This is amazing theology. Before we knew Christ, we were following, the Bible says we were following the prince of the air. We were under the darkness. Our minds were blinded. We we couldn't understand God's word. When salvation came, justification happens. We're not considered guilty before the Lord. We're adopted into the family of God. But there's this other thing that happens with the Holy Spirit. It's called regeneration. 
We see that the old is gone and the new has come, but a part of regeneration that the Holy Spirit does to us is he opens up our eyes and he gives us a soft heart. Ezekiel talks about our heart of stone is removed and we are given a heart of flesh. And our heart of flesh, it actually connects to God. And our mind is renewed and we can continually renew our mind so that we can know and understand God's word. So what Paul is saying here is that we stand together in one spirit and with one soul. But the soul is an important aspect of our life. Mind and heart working together. In Christ, we have a new heart that needs to be trained by scripture. We see that David said that I will, hide your, I will hide your word in my heart. I'll hide your scripture in my heart so that I will not sin against you. We need to renew our minds. Our minds need to be given over to training so that, our, so that we know the word of God. We come in here, we know and understand it. And our heart beats for God. And we are hiding God's word in our hearts. So when we have to make a decision... Our hearts and our minds are working together. We know God's word, what it says. We know our convictions. We know our beliefs. Out of the heart connects to our mind. And then when that connects, our heart and minds are connected together, working together with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can stand firm. And Paul is asking the Philippians to be united in soul and in spirit. So our soul, mind, and heart need to be united with the Holy Spirit. And when the soul and the spirit is united in thought and action, while standing firm on the word of God, we can make decisions today that honor the king from where we hold citizenship. And a bonus part is we are so overwhelmed by God's grace and mercy that we actually share the good news and make disciples. So Paul, what he's really teaching to kind of break that all down into an easy format is that we can rock each day, no matter what happens. The word of God will be our guide. The word of God is our ultimate authority. We need to make sure this coming year as we come in on Sundays and we're gathering in small groups and maybe you're part of the prayer ministries or the women's ministries or the men's ministries, whatever ministry you're part of and God is, God's word is being opened up, opened up we got to make sure that we are hiding in, in our hearts. We're thinking about, thinking about God's word, that we're meditating on God's word so that we can stand firm, that we know our convictions and what we believe and we will not be shaken from those things. Our thoughts, our actions, and our deeds are in alignment with the given Holy Spirit. And if they are not, we shouldn't expect the Word of God to change, like I said, or the Spirit to change. We change. We go through that process. And when this all comes together, we will actually be able to, to face whatever comes without fear, confident to make the right choices. I would say even having an extra layer of courage, I've noticed this over in my life, as I've as my mind and my heart align together on my convictions, when I know God's word says, standing in the power of the Holy Spirit, we get this extra layer of courage. Knowing as, as a citizen of heaven, I serve a graceful king. I can step out and make decisions that will honor him, bringing honor and glory to King Jesus, but also knowing and understanding in the word of God, if I make a mistake, I have a gracious God. I come and I confess and I turn away, learning the lesson, taking into consideration what Paul is saying here. There is a question that needs to be asked. How important is it for us to make decisions that obey God today? Why should we apply this scripture teaching? Well, it's very simple. 
And, may, and this may be the pattern that you're used to. A divided soul will be at odds with the Holy Spirit. Being at odds with the Holy Spirit will either lead us to repentance or will lead you to justifying your actions of sin. If you made the decision to disobey Christ, the word of God is telling us that we have lost our footing. We are not able to stand firm. If we are not standing firm, we will not contend for the gospel, which means we will justify our sins and eventually we will move Christ off of the throne and we will climb up there ourselves, which then projects to the whole world that we are just like everyone else. Since we do not make decisions as if we are citizens of heaven, people will see the people will not see the redeeming work of Christ in your life, and then they think they can oppose us. Because you're not standing firm in your belief, which then results in us being frightened. And when we're frightened of the culture, when we do not know the word of God, when we're not standing firm on our convictions, we cannot do the great commission. The great commission that Jesus told us to do wasn't just to... to ask people to pray a prayer, it was to make disciples. It was, it was to walk with them and to make sure that they are obeying, that we are obeying together everything that the Lord has taught. And everything the Lord has taught is found right here. And God has given it to us and we have a great opportunity. But if we do not take this serious, we will be frightened. We will live in fear each and every day. And so many of us live in fear. We do not know what will come. The word of God says that. Whatever happens, we don't know what will come. And we will spend this year wasting time in fear. We don't need to do that anymore. We can stand confident in the Lord Jesus Christ. We can stand on the word of God. We can stand together as God's people, called out of darkness into marvelous light, worshiping, learning, sharpening, encouraging. I talked about that a couple weeks ago. We are called to encourage each other as the church. This is something we get to do this year. The pattern of obeying God today will remove the shame of your, in your life. It will remove guilt in your life. It will remove the pressure from the Holy Spirit, freeing you to begin the next day in the right step with the plans God has for your life. Tomorrow me will begin the day confident, with courage, that whatever happens... We do not have to be afraid. We do not have to compromise. Everything that has been given to us in Christ for a life of godliness is available. And we can live our lives now making decisions, decisions as citizens of heaven. So over the next 365 days, over the next 52 church Sundays that we get, get together, we don't know what will happen. But choosing to obey Jesus today will help us honor Jesus tomorrow. So back to the numbers. If you're a part of the number that changes their mind once or twice, or even if you fall into the category, no judgment, of the 11% who confess that they changed their mind five or more times, either way, every decision we make today needs to be through the conviction that we will honor God. Before you make your final decision, one thing that has really helped me in my life are these three questions, and I'll end with this and pray. Before I make a final decision, ask yourself this. Does this honor God or dishonor God? Does this honor my family or dishonor my family? Does this help my church that I belong to, or will this hurt my church? Obeying Jesus will help tomorrow. Obeying Jesus today will help tomorrow you honor Jesus. And as I said in the beginning, 
from Isaiah, we have a great promise. This promise is for us for the next year. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters this year, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not get burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. He is our Savior. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So church, whatever happens this year, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whenever I come to see you, or when I hear about you in my absence, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those of who oppose you. We have directions for this year. God has given it to us. Let us pray. God, we love you and we just thank you for this time. We thank you that we can gather under your word. We thank you that the Holy Spirit is with us, that is leading us. We pray for this next year. We know as we go, there are things that we will there are things that will happen, but we can trust in you. We can make decisions today that will honor you so that tomorrow me will worship you in spirit and truth. And I pray that over us today. God, I pray that you would help us if, we are, if we're feeling that we are far from you. We know that we can turn to you at any time. I pray that we as your people would hear your calling today. We would make that decision to follow you even now if we don't know you. God, we know that your free gift of salvation is available. So God, I pray as we worship you that you would come and minister us in this moment. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. No turning back, church. We've decided to follow Jesus. Each and every day we get the great opportunity to get up and before our feet hit the ground, we declare that. I've decided to follow Jesus today. There's no turning back. He will be with us. He will strengthen us. He will give us, us, give us the peace that we need to face the day. Even when people oppose us, we do not have to be afraid. We do not have to fear. As we go today, I want to share a benediction from number 6, 22 or 24. It says, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and may the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and may the Lord give you peace. Have a great day. Happy New Year. Your pastors will be up front in the connections room. We love you. May the Lord be declared today and every day. Amen.